Hi, welcome to the ACA, Adult Children Voices Across America Speaker Meeting. If you'd like to attend this meeting live, go to adultchildren.org, click on Online Meetings, and then scroll down to find Thursday at 6 p.m. Pacific Time. Tonight's speaker is Donnie from Fremont, California. Hi everyone, I'm Donnie, ACA. I'm uh, really excited to be here. And I'm incredibly nervous, uh, but excited. <laughs> um, you know, uh, I was going through, you know, all my readings and writings and, and trying to come up with an outline and, you know, my experience in this program and I was uh, getting freaked out pretty much. Uh, I was having a hard time. Um, so I decided to do some non-dominant handwriting um, and I just basically asked uh, little Donnie, you know, I'm scared, but, you know, I I'm going to do this with you. You know, what would you like to say in this meeting tonight? And he replied, um, how this program brought us back together. I was afraid of you before, but now I'm starting to trust you more. Don't forget to play and have fun. <laughs> I thought that was kind of cool. Um, so, yeah, I mean, prepping for uh, this meeting, you know, I did some meditation, uh, did some review, and uh, I read that again, you know, don't forget to play and have fun. So it was like 15 minutes before this meeting, uh, I, I started playing guitar, you know, little Donnie, he always loves music. It's been part of my life. Uh, I've been a guitar player for a long time and um, he loves music. So that's how I, I, that's what I did before this meeting, you know, played a, a few jams and had a good time. Um, you know, so if you want to get an idea of what little Donnie looks like, um, my mom always used to call me buddy when I was a kid. And it's funny. Um, I am a member of Alcoholics Anonymous. Uh, I have nine years sober. Um, and my sponsor, one of my sponsors would always call me buddy. Uh, and that's what I call little Donnie. Um, so my wife actually put up this um, bookmark. I don't know if you could see it. It's pictures of me. That's That's me when I was a little kid. You can't really see it. But on here, on the bottom, it says, good job, buddy. You know, my wife made me that. Uh, so I, I love looking at it. Um, you know, <laughs> it's just, it's something special. Um, so, yeah, what was my upbringing like? Um, uh, my mom had three children. Um, I have an older brother, uh, an older sister, and I have a little half-sister. Um, my dad left when I was two. Um, I don't remember anything. I, I don't remember any of it. Uh, my older siblings do. I think my brother actually got the worst of it. Uh, my parents are not alcoholics, but drug addiction, alcoholism does run in my family. Um, so, you know, after my dad left, uh, my mom couldn't handle, it was a lot raising three kids by herself. So she met this guy named Jeff, who was my, you know, stepdad, obviously. Um, and I, I, he, as I got older, I started to get a little comfortable with him. Um, and I, I liked hanging around him. Um, but I guess he had a weird way of raising kids. Um, I, I didn't notice at the time, but he had his own trauma. He had his own stuff that he didn't deal with. Some, some, some bundles were passed down onto him. Um, so when my siblings would go to school, he would spank me a lot. 
um, and he would force me to do push-ups. Um, if I, you know, made a mess with my toys, uh, if I went to bed, um, he would force me to do push-ups and spank me. Um, I never told my mom what was happening. It, when I was a kid, what I was thinking was, this is my stepdad, she's married to him, so maybe she's in on it, um, which is obviously not true. Um, but that was the first time, I mean, here I am five years old, you know, I just wet the bed and my stepdad, you know, grabs me and he, pu he pushes me in front of the, the washer and he says, you know, wash the, the sheets. And I'm a little kid, I can't reach anything. So I'm just standing there. Um, and then he, he goes to the bathroom, does his thing, whatever he was doing, and he comes back out and he's just staring at me like, why, why isn't this getting done yet? And he just kind of shoves me out of the way. He, he, you know, washes the sheets. But I remember, like, this is where these traits started with me. I, I was afraid to ask for help. Um, when I went to my dad's on the weekend, I never talked about that. Um, my fear was that if I talk about it, I'm going to be spanked. I'm going to be forced to do push-ups. Um, so I never said a thing. So this is where this don't talk, don't trust, don't feel really started for me. Um, so that was the thing. I, I would always go to my dad's every uh, two to three weeks. Um, and yeah, once again, we just never talked about it. And he was doing this to my older brother as well. Um, and my mom didn't finally catch on to it until uh, she'd come home from work and I would bolt to the door and I'd, you know, give her a bear hug and I wouldn't let go. And she was wondering, like, what's happening when I'm gone? You know, what are you doing with my son? Um, so she figured out what he was doing to me and she eventually got a divorce. Um, so my mom met another man. His name was Mike. Um, so he's stepdad number two, marriage number three. And I, 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 I fell in love with this guy and I was thinking, well, maybe this will work out. You know, maybe this guy will, will be a good guy. And uh, he was a, a pitcher for the Angels and he got me into baseball. He used to be a pitcher and he, yeah, he got me into baseball and uh, I love that. And we had, we had this strong connection. Um, but yeah, you know, I was continuing to, to go to my, my dad's on the weekends. Um, and there was this thing that we always had. Every time I went to my dad's, there was always this elephant in the room, which was, why, why'd you leave, right? Um, and we never talked about it. And the thing is, I, my dad, he just felt like a, like a friend. He didn't really know how to raise us. You know, we go to his house uh, every two weeks and we just sit in front of the TV and eat pizza. And like, that was it. Um, and there was a time when my sister, my older sister worked up the courage to actually ask him, you know, why'd you leave dad? And uh, my dad started crying. And I remember him trying to tickle her, you know, like, hey, we're just having fun. We're having a good time. Um, and I'm watching and, you know, looking back, he didn't know how to express himself. You know, um, that's something we did not discuss was emotions. You know, uh, we didn't do that. So here, my sister's at finally expressing herself and my dad's trying to tickle her like, oh, we're having fun. And I remember watching this, here I am eight years old and I, I put the blankets over my head um, because I was embarrassed that I was crying. And I felt the exact same thing that my sister was feeling, but I was just too afraid to show emotion. I was too afraid to let somebody know what I was thinking, how I was feeling, you know, that I'm crying, right? Um, 
So yeah, like this is where that don't talk, don't trust what was coming in. And I started to stuff these feelings because I don't trust my dad. Um, I don't really trust my mom. And, um, you know, I'm terrified of my ex-stepdad, Jeff, right? Um, so this is kind of how these traits were passed down onto me. Uh, my mom, the same thing. She never talked about feelings. Um, we didn't really talk about any of the family stuff. Um, she was very busy with work. My stepdad was busy with work. Um, so I, I just always had this, this hole inside of me. Um, I felt very unlovable. Um, I, I never felt like I was good enough for my grandparents. Um, I didn't feel like I was good enough for my dad because he never uh, he never called to check up on us. Um, he'd go to a couple of my games, but I don't know. It just kind of looked like he was obligated. Like, well, I got to be here because I'm the dad, and, and like it was kind of tough, you know, growing up with that. Um, so that's how it was for me. Um, and when I was in high school, uh, that's when I discovered alcohol. Um, and I loved it. You know, it, it took care of those um, those feelings of inadequacy, right? Um, I just felt incredibly different. I also believed that I was stupid. Um, like I said, I believed that I was unlovable. Um, and I just always tried to to please others, to, to get praise. Um, I had this uh, soul rupture, this praise deficit, and um, I just believed that I was faulty. So I kept looking for praise and recognition, thinking that like that would fix me. Uh, and obviously it didn't. Um, and I just want to read something real, real quick um, out of the big red book. In order to survive, the traumatized child's true self, child within, goes into hiding deep within the unconscious part of its psyche. What emerges is a false self or ego, which tries to run the show of our life, but is unable to succeed simply because it is a fence mechanism against pain and not real. Its motives are based more on needing to be right and in control. Our false self constantly seeks outward affection, recognition, or praise, but we secretly believe we don't deserve it. Meanwhile, the inner child is driven inward into hiding. The false self is the adult child personality expressed in the 14 traits of the laundry list. So, I mean, you know, there it is, you know, that's, that's what I developed. Um, I've always had this need to protect myself, but I didn't realize that it was actually creating more isolation for me. Um, eventually I got to this point where my drinking was so bad that, uh, I was getting kicked out of everywhere. Um, and I didn't want to live anymore. You know, like that was my solution was drinking and it wasn't working. But luckily enough, I, I prayed to a God I didn't understand, and I ended up in Alcoholics Anonymous. Um, and it's been amazing. You know, it's been an amazing experience, you know, being sober and doing steps and, and doing the deal. But um, I just want to talk briefly about how I got into ACA. Um, it was my third year of sobriety. My sponsor told me, you know, Donnie, the longer you stay sober, stuff rises to the surface, right? So here I am, I'm an AA, I'm doing everything AA suggests, I'm sponsoring guys. Um, I'm, I got commitments, but something's happening to me, you know, that my life turned around and it's been great, but I'm becoming extremely anxious. Um, I believe that I'm extremely unlovable, that I'm faulty. Um, 
and then I'm starting to obsess over shopping to fix me. I'm starting to obsess over like outside stuff to fix me. Um, and I think that's part of my, you know, powerlessness, you know, as it talks about over the effects of growing up in a dysfunctional home. Um, and that when these traits were coming out, I was trying to control people. Um, and that by doing that, it would take the heat off of me, um, that I could avoid my own life. Um, so it, it was just a, a rough place that I was in. And I remember trying to, to figure out, you know, what's happening to me. I don't know what's happening to me. So after six months of this trying to figure out, and like, I felt like me trying to figure all this stuff out of what's happening to me. Um, it was getting worse and I was scared because I was afraid I was going to drink again. I was going to use, um, so I got down on my hands and knees and I prayed. Um, I just asked God for help. You know, once again, I prayed to a God that I wasn't, I didn't really understand. I prayed and asked for help, um, for some divine intervention. And it's funny how God works, you know, two weeks after this prayer, I've never heard of ACA, never heard of in my life. Two weeks after this, this prayer, my wife comes home and she says, you know, I just went to this program. Um, I, and they talk about what you've been talking about and you know, maybe go check it out. And I did, I go to this meeting, never heard of it. Uh, and it's in Niles, Niles Discovery Church on Thursday nights, which is my home group. Um, and I go to this meeting and I read the trades and lo and behold, <laughs> this is where I'm supposed to be, right? That here I am, I'm just in tremendous pain. And like I said, I prayed and like, it's like God loves me so much that he's going to, you know, dump me into this program that's going to bring me not only like heal me, but bring me closer to him, right? Because like our solution is become our own loving parent. And I find that like, like my parents are the instruments of my existence. And like God is like, he is my parent, right? Um, so it's funny, like how that happened. That's how I ended up in ACA is that I was in a lot of pain. I prayed and I got an answer. You know, I never heard of ACA in my entire life. And then bam, here it is. It's exactly what I needed. Um, so that was, that was extremely powerful for me. And I, I and that's when I, um, you know, started listening and, and, uh, getting, um, involved in the, the yellow workbook, uh, and looking at the, you know, step one. You know, powerless over the effects of growing up in a dysfunctional home and how like this, my parents bundle was passed down onto me. I had all this dysfunction in me and like it was, you know, I was practicing it, you know, um, and I was going through, I didn't get a sponsor right away. Um, it was actually kind of hard to find a sponsor. Uh, um, I was having a hard time finding a male sponsor. Um, so I just was doing this on my own. Um, another member was doing this and we were just kind of going through the workbook together. Um, so we both did the family diagram. Um, and I don't know about you guys, I felt like that's when I had this sort of spiritual experience for me, um, seeing how like the bundles are being passed down. Like, I believe that I was faulty. I believe that I was a bad person. But when I looked at this family diagram, I could just see all this dysfunction being passed down and like how it started with my great parent, grandparents and it was just being passed down and passed down and passed down. And it just started to make sense as to why this dysfunction and this behavior is normal to me. It's what I know. Um, I liked, I isolated a lot. Um, 
I used anger to protect myself. And what's crazy is all this stuff was comfortable for me. It's because it's what I know. It's, it's what I was brought up with. My stepdad, Jeff, was very angry. And what's interesting is I, I became the angry person. You know, it's what I know. Um, so it was interesting seeing that family diagram. Um, so, uh, you know, moving on to, you know, my experience with, I was, I was brought up Mormon, uh, baptized Mormon, uh, my grandparents, my mom, Mormon. Um, so in AA, that's what I love about, uh, ACA, um, and AA and these programs is it's not a religious program. You know, it's, it's a spiritual program. And, uh, that's what I love about this program is that you get to choose your own concept. And when I walked into ACA, I didn't realize that my God, my higher power, my concept had the attributes of my parents. You know, I didn't love, I mean, I didn't trust my, my father. Um, he abandoned me and I didn't really trust my mom. And that was my concept of God. And that kind of blew me away. And that, that's what I discovered in this program. Um, and so I needed some help with that. Um, and also, too, I understood that by practicing these traits is a form of insanity. You know, do the same thing, expect different results. Well, I keep repeating this stuff, expecting something different. You know, I, I constantly pick up these defects thinking it works, but the end result is I'm abandoned. You know, I'm isolated, right? Um, so I, I re-examined my concept of God. And it's cool that in a yellow workbook, it tells you to draw a picture. And I was able to do that with a fellow traveler. Um, we both drew a picture. He drew his. I drew mine and my picture. I, I couldn't find it. I, I don't know where I, I stashed it. But it was a picture of uh, two mountains, the ocean, uh, a big sun, and then a picture of a spirit. And then I wrote, wrote words like love, faith, courage, trust. And the thing is, my the picture of the spirit, it didn't have any color. It was just white. Like, not like a white person, just like a spirit. And that's the thing is, I find that my concept of God changes because I'm changing as a result of this program, which is pretty interesting to me. Um, when I pray, sometimes I see the ocean. When I pray, sometimes it's a it's a lady, you know, um, sometimes it's, uh, I see the earth, it, it just changes for me. But that's what I've learned is it doesn't matter, like what it is, as long as I know, like, I'm not it, and I'm trying to maintain this connection, right. Um, so I'm very grateful that, uh, yeah, like that step helped me revisit my concept, you know, that I, I could always get a bigger God, right. Um, so I thought that was cool. Um, so I started, you know, going through the, the yellow workbook in step four and, and revisiting some stuff and, uh, and seeing how that I had a lot of stored anger. I had a lot of loss. I had a lot of grief. Um, in AA, I felt like with that four step, like I'm looking at my part, you know, what did I do? And like, I felt like an ACA and doing this step work and, and the four step was like, what happened to me? You know, like, where are, are these traits coming from and seeing the stored anger and all this stuff? Like, I had a lot of it, you know, and I was able to see, like, how these traits developed. Um, it was pretty amazing to me, um, like, how much shame there really was. Um, um, sorry, I'm just kind of looking at my note, notes here. 
the loss, like feelings were not discussed, the loss of expression. Um, writing about events and how I felt. Um, yeah, uh, and the thing is, after I, I did all this stuff, which it was, it was pretty pro profound for me and incredibly healing. But the next step is your fifth step, right? Uh, you have to admit it to God, to yourself, and to another human being. But since I didn't, I didn't have a sponsor, I just got me and God, right? So I was kind of thinking, like, all right, like, I, I need a sponsor or a fellow traveler. Like, who should I ask? And I kind of, and I prayed about it. And lo and behold, like, I, I saw this woman, if I could say her name, Chris, this amazing woman named Chris. <laughs> um, she... I loved what she said in meetings and I liked the way she talked and uh, very encouraging. And I just, I just wanted what she had. Um, she was very safe and I thought like she's the perfect person to do this with. So I asked her and we did our fifth step together and, and then she's been my sponsor ever since. And uh, so, yeah, I, I've been in a ACA for about four, almost five years now. So yeah, we've been together for a while. Um, and we went through this this fifth step, and I was able to see my my wrongs and harms and uh, those things. Um, and I, there's a note that wrongs and harms lead to spiritual consequences. Uh, we separate ourselves from our higher power. Um, so I felt like very well. I was terrified of doing my fifth step, um, but. The thing was, you know, she didn't shame me. She just asked me questions to, to help me see my part in things. And what was amazing is she also shared some very personal things with me. Because I, like I said, I just, uh, I didn't think anybody had this stuff, like felt the way I did. So shameful. So believing that they're faulty. Um, I, I, I believed all this stuff about me. Um, I didn't think anybody felt this way. And it was pretty profound that here she was sharing his experience and it was kind of like, wow, like I'm not alone. You know, here's a woman who understands and who's experienced a lot of these things. Um, and that was refreshing. And she was able to help me see some, some things about me um, and my family. Um, and what I love too, uh, it also talks about, there's a question here. What did I receive from dysfunctional parents and what could I have received from loving parents? And the thing is, like, I, I never really thought about, like, what a loving parent looks like. Um, I don't know. I, I knew what hate felt like. I knew what <laughs> dysfunction looked like, but I guess I, I never really thought about it. So the thing with wetting the bed, that was something I was very ashamed about. You know, I, I had a, a bedwetting problem until I was eight. I never talked about it. Um, and the thing was, I, I was, like I said, I was very ashamed and when my stepdad found those sheets, I got spanked for it. I got yelled at. So I had to I, I revisit that moment. I went back in time and sat with that. Okay, Donnie, what would a loving parent say in that moment? And that's what I started thinking, you know, if it were my child, I would have said, it's okay. I love you. Okay, we wet the bed, but I'm going to train you. It's going to be all right. We'll clean this up and I'll take care of you. I love you. Um, <laughs> that was pretty powerful for me. Um, and another moment was, uh, I don't know, I was 13, 14, and 
I was leaving church and I, I was, you know, being my usual, um, not mouthing off, but I was disagreeing with my, with my mom. And I guess my stepdad, uh, maybe he was in a bad mood. I don't uh, bad mood. I, I don't know what happened, but we're about to leave. And he slapped me right across the head. And uh, like, I, I got like whiplash, like my head like jerked. Um, and it, it was pretty hard. And my mom told him, you don't do that. You don't, you don't slap, don't do that. And we, we go home and I'm sitting in the back seat and I'm crying and I'm incredibly embarrassed. And my sister's been in the back seat and she doesn't say a thing and we don't talk about it, right? Um, and we get home and the very next day, instead of my dad, my stepdad, Mike, talking to me about it, he, he, he made me a cabinet and he said, here, and he goes back downstairs. So like, <laughs> that's, that's what I learned. You know, when I, when, when I hurt people, instead of apologizing or saying, sorry, like I give them something up. Oh, all right, we're good now. Right. So like, but I, I, I wanted to go back at that time. Right. That if that would have happened to my son, you know, somebody were to hit him, what would I say in that situation? And I revisited that and I sat with that and I would have said, that is not okay. I love you and I'm going to take care of this, you know? So like, it just kind of painted a picture of, you know, an ideal, like what I would like a, a loving parent to be and how I could implement that in my life. And that's what I could be for my inner child, you know? Uh, and I felt like that was really powerful for me. Um, so, I mean, moving on, I felt like, you know, we were able to identify some defects of character. And I find that the note here was that they block us from re receiving love from our higher power. Um, and my survival traits were people pleasing, hypervigilance, stuffing our feelings, gossip, um, and how, you know, these are defects, you know, they're old friends and we're going to bid them farewell. And I had fear of authority figures um, and, and all that, all that stuff. Um, so I felt like, you know, a step six, um, I'm able to identify these things that are no longer useful to me. And to be honest, they did serve a purpose. They absolutely protected me when I was a kid. But now that I'm older, they don't, you know, they don't serve a purpose. Um, so these are things that I'm asking God to remove. Um, and, and I love it how too, there's a part too in the big red book that we, we get to sit with them and we get to thank them. And I felt like that was that was a pretty uh, awesome way to look at it. You know, I never thought of it like that, especially in AA. In ACA, we get to do that. You know, we get to sit with them, thank them, we bid them farewell, and we try to practice something different. And I find that, um, you know, with humility, we become more thoughtful in our decisions, and we are slower to anger. We begin to become actors rather than reactors to life situations. So one of the things that happened to me, and I'll, I'll try to be real quick, um, so I'm looking at these defects, the ones that I'm struggling with, and mind you, I, I was terrified of authority figures. When people are angry, I, I would revert back to that little kid. I would get really quiet and scared like I did when I was five, when my you know stepdad would spank and yell, uh, push-ups and all that. So that, that, that one was very tough for me. Um, so I, I prayed about that. I sat with it, bid them farewell. And it's funny how, I, I don't know if you guys experienced this, but it's like, all, like 
when I ask God to remove these things, <laughs> I don't know if God's testing me or what, but it's like God's giving me an opportunity to try something different. So a couple weeks later, um, I, I go to a gas station, uh, I pull up and I'm pumping my gas and there's a guy, he's honking, like somebody's honking. I'm looking around like, what's, what's going on here? Um, and it turns out he's honking at me. Right. And I guess I, I beat him to the pump and he didn't like that. Right. Um, so he gets out of his car and I'm pumping my gas and he grabs me by my arm and he says, you couldn't go to that pump over there. So like this is, he is a perfect spitting image of my stepdad, like bulky, just like my stepdad. He's big, just like my stepdad, anger, just like my stepdad. Like this is a perfect opportunity for me to be triggered and pull my fight or flight. That's what I do. The whole fight or flight. What, what happened was that here he is, he's angry, and it looks like he's about to destroy me. <laughs> but I said, sir, are you all right? Like, are, are you okay? And he was, he just snapped out of it, like, what, what am I doing? Like, yeah, uh. And he was like, like I said earlier, he, he told me, you know, can't, couldn't you go to that pump over there? And I was thinking, yeah, we both had that same option, but like, I felt like you didn't really need to attack me. So like, are, are you okay? Like, is there something going on that happened before you, you came here? Like you're already angry before you came here. And he just said, I'm sorry, you're right. And then he went to the other pump. So I, I get my trash out of my truck. I go to the trash can cause it's next to his car. And then as I'm leaving, he says, Hey man, like, I'm, I just, I'm really, really sorry about what happened. And he shakes my hand and just said, I'm embarrassed. I'm really sorry. I said, hey, it's all right. It's fine. Uh, and I get back into my car and I, and I left. And I felt like a million dollars. Like, this is a perfect opportunity for, like, this was a trigger for me. Like, I, I should have screamed. I, I should have felt like a little kid. But I felt like adult Donnie stepped in between, you know, my false self. Like, hey, thank you, false self. I got it from here. I'm going to protect little Donnie. And like, I stepped in, I didn't have to yell or scream. I just said, Hey, sir, are you all right? And then I left it at that. And I went on my, my day and I had an amazing day. Right. So like, that's the power of this program that I get to do stuff like that. Like that was, that was insane for me. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to share that one. That was my little experience with that. Um, so yeah, I mean, I know I'm kind of moving along fast. Time's, time's ticking. Um, so I, I made a lot of amends in my other program. Um, and this is, you know, we, we, we make a list. We become willing to the, the, the list. And then we go out and we make these amends. And uh, I never made amends to my mom and my stepdad. Um, they got front row tickets to my drinking. You know, they got the best view, right? Um, they saw everything and I felt like my parents are probably the hardest to make amends to for my dysfunction, um, for my behavior. So, um, I just want to read this real quick. We are moving past our comfort zone. We are moving farther away from our codependent people, pleasing selves toward our new home. We are improving a real connection with our higher power. Um, then it goes on change uh yeah so i made the arrangement to, to see my parents my mom and my stepdad um 
and we talk about this stuff. We, we, we talk about the dysfunction. I talk about my part and what I did. And I don't know, like my mom's never seen me cry since I've been sober. And I told her something and I cried. And I told her like, I'm so sorry that I wasn't there for you. Cause my, my stepdad, Mike, he got into to meth. He had an affair and he abandoned my mom. And I was very heavily into my drinking and using, and I, I bailed on my mom and I couldn't be there for her, you know, to, to go through her pain, to be there and comfort her. Um, I, I was first, right? Um, so I talked to her about that and I cried and I just let her rip and I just told her like, I'm sorry, I just couldn't be there for you. Um, and we got through it, we talked about it. And since this program, I'm able to set those boundaries uh, with my mom. And there's been some stuff that she's gone through, uh, pain, um, things that are actually currently going on in her life right now. And the cool thing is, is that because of this program, my mom and I are incredibly close and that I have, I've showed up. Um, I've literally have showed up and be there and listen to her. And like, that's the thing is this program has helped me be a better son, you know, a better person. Um, so I felt like, yeah, that was incredibly powerful also for my stepdad too, because my stepdad watched me put her through pain when I was out there doing my thing, you know, practicing my dysfunction, picking up these traits, all that stuff. Um, so I made amends to him and we have an amazing connection. Like, sorry, uh, Mike left. So my mom remarried. So she remarried this guy, George, who's Mormon. They've been together for 14 years. And this guy's awesome. Like he's helped me out so much. You know, um, so I, I could honestly say he's, he's like a father figure. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, that was an amazing experience. Um, so I, yeah, I'm kind of skipping step. Ten. Um, well, I guess I'll go through it. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, practicing new behaviors, practicing an awareness. Uh, I was having a very difficult time at work. Um, my supervisor was a trigger for me. Um, when I would make mistakes, she would, you know, tell me this is what you did. But the problem that I had was, is that I would internalize it as you are the mistake. That's what I would hear. Um, and I would get very reactive, you know, um, and I've talked to my ACA sponsor about this many times. Um, and it, it was a problem to where I thought I was going to get fired. Um, and that's the thing is I couldn't put two to two together that I kept looking at her as my stepdad. I kept looking at her um as the kids in school who picked on me right like I, I couldn't distinguish from the two um so I, I talked about that um with with some people and that's the cool part about this program is that we get to in integrate these things you know integrate these traits um so yeah like fear of authority figures into belief that they are human beings instead of abusers so now i want to practice something different because I know by me reacting, this isn't helping anybody. Um, so I wrote some things down of like what I wanted to try different. And I prayed about that. And sure enough, she comes to my cubicle. Hey, Donnie, uh, you overpaid this invoice by like $10,000. And now this is a perfect opportunity for me to freak out and become reactive, right? So instead of, I sat with that feeling and I just breathed. I'm just going to sit with this feeling. And I felt like this is where these affirmations come in. 
and I just told little Donnie, hey, I love you. I know you're scared, but we're going to be all right. We're going to take care of this. Let's just listen and see what happens. So she expressed what I did, and I just listened, and I told her, okay, well, I'll be more vigilant this time, and I'll try to correct um, to make sure this gets taken care of, and I, I will correct that. I'm, I'm sorry about that. She's like, yeah, sure. No, no, fine. And then she started talking about her, about her freaking weekend. <laughs> like, like, that was crazy. It's like I didn't have to react, and then here she is, like, talking about, like, this $10,000 mistake. And then here I, I make a credit to fix the problem. And then we start talking about our weekend. So like now I'm developing, developing a relationship with my supervisor and it was freaking awesome. You know, like that's the kind of stuff I get to do in this program. I don't have to ruin relationships by, you know, picking up defects of character, picking up, you know, reverting back to these traits that I think protect me, but you know, like they cause me problems, you know, they, they create my biggest fear, which is abandonment, man. Um, so that was kind of cool that that happened and there's a lot more stuff that happened, but time's ticking. <laughs> um, so yeah, um, you know, with step 11, oh, I had an amazing experience with this one. Um, so like I said, I, I had a lot of issues with my dad, a, a lot of pain. And like I said, every time I went to his house, there was always that elephant in the room, which was dad, why'd you leave? Um, so one night, you know, I'm like two years into ACA. Uh, one night, uh, my wife says, hey, would you like to meditate before we go to bed? I said, sure, yeah, let's do that. So here we are meditating for 10 minutes. And I hear, you got to talk to your dad. And I'm thinking, what the hell is that? So I ignore it. And I keep meditating. You need to talk to your dad. And I was thinking, like, that's stupid. <laughs> All right, yeah, whatever. I don't know what the hell that was. So the very next day, the same thing. I meditate. You need to talk to your dad. And I'm getting pissed. Like, there's talk to him about what? There's nothing to talk about. I, I don't want to do it. So it's funny how, like, I I've always had this huge fear of pain, emotional pain. And that was my fear of meditating and doing this work, that it's going to be painful. I don't want to do it. But the thing is, with all these amends, it, it has been painful. But it's not only made me a stronger person, it's helped me develop like trust with me and my kid, you know, me and my child that like my, my child trusts me more because I'm trying to, to be more accountable and take care of these things. Um, so sure enough, I, I knew exactly what that voice was, you know, that, that whole uh, divine, uh, whatever it was that um, my higher power um, and intuitive thought. And I knew like what that was about, you know, go talk to your dad. And the thing was, I needed to talk to my dad about how I felt growing up and all those things. So I make the call. I set an appointment with my dad. I go to San Rafael where he lives. Uh, he, he makes me a salad, he cooks me dinner and he's excited that I'm there, but he's reluctant. Yeah, what's going on? Like, well, why are you here? Like, what's, what's happening? And I told him, you know, dad, you know, I love you, but there's just, there's just some things I wanna to talk to you about. And mind you, growing up, I always felt like it was my fault. Like I said, I felt like I was never good enough for my dad. So here I am sitting and I just let it rip. You know, I prayed before I went in and I told him how I felt growing up. I told him that I was angry, you know, that I was confused. Um, and he just listened. My dad cried, I cried, and he shared some personal things that I was not aware of. That the only time my grandma showed any emotion towards my father is when she was drunk. That my grandpa didn't tell my dad that he loved him until he was in his 20s. 
So it's like, how can my dad give me this love and affection when he didn't receive it himself? So that's when it started to make sense how this bundle was passed down onto me. Like my dad was in a tremendous amount of pain. Um, so that's when like we both had a spiritual experience, you know, just by this hour conversation. Um, it's funny, like my dad's the kind of guy when he hugs you, he pats you on the back. Um, so like we had this amazing conversation and like we felt like both were just lighter. Like we were both just lighter uh, and that elephant was gone, right? And, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm getting ready to head home and he gives me a hug and I notice there's no tap tap. You know, my dad gets, he's, he's kind of awkward when it comes to hugs. And he gave me the biggest bear hug I, I, I've ever felt in my entire life. And I actually had to tell him like, dad, you got to lighten up. I can't breathe, <laughs> you know? Um, and like, like that's the stuff that, that happens you know, that I get to experience in ACA. My, my dad and I, we have a great relationship and um, he, he really wanted to help out with my wedding. Like he gave me his old car and he offered to pay for the wedding cake and he's very involved and, you know, he lives in New York now and, and we, we talk. And, and the thing is there's times when I call him or I text him, he doesn't respond. He'll just forget. And the thing is like back then that would devastate me. Like, Oh, maybe it's because my dad doesn't want a relationship with me. Maybe it's because I'm not lovable. I'm not good enough. And the thing is that's just how he is. You know, and now I don't take it personal because I know deep down within me that I'm absolutely 100% lovable. You're right. That I'm God's kid. Um, and that these praise exercises, the, these affirmations, the, the mirror exercise, the non-dominant handwriting, this is all strength in my relationship with my kid. Um, and that I continue to practice. Um, so, I mean, that was my experience with that. Um, and also, you know, with whole sponsorship, uh, I have an amazing sponsor and I love this woman to death. And, you know, she's, she helped me out with my wedding and, you know, like got me this suit, <laughs> which is really cool. She wanted to do something nice for me. And, uh, and that's the thing is I, I love the way she, she talks to me, you know, like sometimes I'm sure I'm hard on myself. Um, I make mistakes just like everybody else. And I, and I tell her these things and, you know, she never talks down to me. You know, she speaks kindly and that's how I talk to my inner child. That's how I talk to little buddy um, because I, I've learned that from her because that's how she talks to me. Um, and she's just an amazing woman. Um, uh, yeah, she's helped me out a lot. And uh, we, we meet every uh, two weeks and we're going through the trait book and that's been amazing. <clears throat> um, and yeah, she's a, a fantastic role, role model for me. Um, so I'm, I'm very excited that like, I felt like God led me to her so that I could have this experience and she could help me grow, you know, through these steps. Unfortunately, I, I haven't really sponsored anybody yet in this program. I fellow traveled a little bit, but I haven't been a sponsor yet in this program. Uh, that's probably the only thing like I don't think I, I've, I've really done yet. So that'll be a new experience for me. Um, so yeah, I know that was uh, quite a bit. Um, I think my, my time is up, but um, yeah, this is an amazing program. Um, I still have some things that I, I'm working on. Um, you know, the traits are, some traits are still there, you know, um, and it was nice. I was talking to my ACA sponsor, we were reviewing the traits and how like, it was pretty amazing to see that some of these traits I, I don't have anymore. Like they're just, they're gone, right? Uh, when I came in, absolutely, I, I had all 14, 
right? And now I would say like I have like maybe four still, um, but like that's the growth and the experience of ACA is that I've outgrown a lot of this stuff. Um, and I'm extremely grateful for that and how like these promises are absolutely coming true that I get to play and I, I get to have fun. You know, I, I get to express myself and, uh, you know, now, especially with my wife, I, uh, I do express myself when something bothers me and I'm not so afraid anymore. You know, like I said, like I've developed that relationship with, with my, with my inner child to where I can take care of him. Um, so anyways, yeah, it looks like my time is up, but thank you guys for so much for listening and being here and, uh, and hearing my story. I, I really appreciate it. Love you. Thanks, Donnie. Thank you, Donnie. Thanks, Donnie. Thank you, Donnie. Thanks, Donnie. Thank you, Donnie. Excellent job. Thank you, Donnie. 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 Thank you, Donnie.